0: Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central columnist Scott Davis talking Gamecock football. Uh, Scott, a season that has mercifully come to an end for Gamecock fans. Man, it's been a long year. How was your Thanksgiving, Scott? How are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing great, Emerson. I'm actually still full from Thanksgiving. Uh, great spread this year. Excellent food. My family always does a good job. I went to back-to-back Thanksgiving celebrations, one on Thursday and one on Friday. So I, I certainly ate uh, as much as I possibly could this holiday weekend, but I had a great time other than uh, South Carolina's ultimately inevitable loss to Clemson. As you said, it, it is finally over. And that was <laughs> how I started my column this week um i i usually yearn for football for all of the months in which it's not here i can't wait for the season to start i'm one of those guys who actually cares about reading about spring practice and enjoys seeing updates from the practice fields in august when the players get back to school to start preparation for the season but man i as as bad as I've seen some South Carolina seasons and I mentioned this in the column there've been some ones that were absolutely atrocious. I don't think I've ever been more ready for a football season to come to an end. Uh this this season between the some of the unexpected losses, you lost to a 5 and 7 Kentucky team, you at home, you lost to the Citadel at home. And then, of course, you close with a loss to Clemson. And, by the way, they happen to be number one in the nation right now. So, with all those things being said, plus mix in the fact that your head coach leaves at midseason and you have no idea who your next head coach is going to be, I'm ready to move on to the off season and see what happens.
0: Scott, you really feel like uh, this year for you as a fan – was tougher than the 1-10 in season Brad Scott's last year, 98, or even the 0-11 season under Lou Holtz in his first year. You feel like this year was worse? From a fan's perspective, it was tougher for you this year than those other years.
1: As hard as it may sound to believe that, I I really do. That 1-10 team obviously was going nowhere with Brad Scott. We knew he was gone at the end of that season, and so there was a sense of hope that – Maybe better things were waiting for us ahead, and then when Lou Holtz got here, the team was, especially early in the season, pretty competitive. They they didn't win games, but they hung around. They looked fairly well-coached. They seemed like they had a plan, and all of those observations came to fruition the next season when the Gamecocks won seven games and went to the Outback Bowl and beat Georgia and, and had, a for them, a, a fairly successful season, and so... This group just, (laughs) I don't know, They, they disappointed time and time again. There were listless efforts out there at times this season against Missouri on the road. Certainly, as I mentioned earlier, that Kentucky game, even the wins weren't particularly thrilling. You beat Vanderbilt by nine at home. You won against Central Florida at home. Uh, and sh- struggled to do it for about three quarters uh, against a team that went 0-12 and is without a doubt the worst college football team in America at a major level. And so the only impressive win you had, which at this point is looking more and more inexplicable by the moment, was against North Carolina in the season opener, which uh, – as it turns out, has been the Tar Heels' only loss. And so they're playing for the ACC championship, and we are looking for a new coach. Strange season.
0: Hard to figure the Gamecocks beat the Tar Heels in that opener. Now North Carolina has not lost since. And if, if, that's a big if, but if they can beat Clemson Saturday night in the ACC championship, they are going to be making a strong case to be in the college football playoff. Never would have thought that possible after the Gamecocks beat the Tar Heels in Charlotte to open the year, Scott.
1: Absolutely not. You know, South Carolina was fortunate in that game to to pick up some turnovers. North Carolina tossed two critical interceptions in the end zone that could have made the difference in that game. Quite frankly, the first half, the Tar Heel offense really dominated South Carolina's defense uh, with ease and efficiency. But somehow or another, the ball fell the Gamecocks' way in that one. But going back to my earlier point about just this team in general this year, it just ha- they just haven't been fun to watch. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I-, I said in the column that it's not really about wins and losses or about looking at it rationally. It's about the way you feel when you're watching the team. And, There just hasn't seemed to be any sense of hope watching this team this year. There was a brief flurry of excitement when Sean Elliott was named the interim head coach. The offense looked a little bit different. There was maybe some hope that there were signs of life, at least on the offensive side of the the ball. But that quick, once coaches got tape on that, that quickly kind of dissipated. Gamecocks haven't really done much at all on offense the last few weeks, and even though they scored 32 points against Clemson you can really look at the stats and see they they did not move the football very well or effectively throughout much of this game and uh really haven't in a few weeks now so defensively gosh that that unit's been tough to watch all season long there's no doubt about it they they've made the same mistakes over and over again they've been at times a one man team with Sky Moore being about the only person out there making plays. And so, like I say, as a fan, as somebody who cares about this team, they've just been hard to watch in 2015. And obviously, with Steve Spurrier heading out midseason, there's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding the program right now.
0: Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis here on Gamecock Central Radio. Scott's a columnist for Gamecock Central, and he brings us a fan's perspective each week throughout the Gamecock football season, which Scott writes this week, mercifully came to an end with the loss to Clemson on Saturday. And, Scott, I think your uh, apathy at this late point in the season, especially after the loss to the Citadel, a couple of weeks ago, was underscored by the fact that you went Christmas tree shopping during the second quarter of the Clemson game on Saturday.
1: I certainly did and, <laughs> and admitted it. I did get back and see the end of the game, but um – You know, I'm typically a guy that wakes up on the morning of a Clemson game with butterflies in my stomach like kids do on Christmas morning. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm nervous, obviously, even when we're good, that something bad might happen against the Tigers. I had no feeling whatsoever about this football game. I just – there was no excitement. That I knew that we weren't going to be able to win the game and even having a decent showing like we ended up doing – wasn't something that got my juices flowing or my blood uh, rolling, and so uh, my wife had been talking about getting Christmas tree for a couple of days. We just got back into town after spending Thanksgiving week in South Carolina, and so I said, let's just go ahead and knock this thing out. (laughs) I'm not exactly riveted by what I'm seeing on the screen right here, and so I'm not 100% sure I can remember if if there's ever been a time in which uh, I just didn't watch all of South Carolina's game against Clemson. But the fact is, the excitement and the emotion just wasn't there. And um, I think that was obvious also by the fact that there were quite a few, and by quite a few, I mean tens of thousands of Clemson fans in Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday.
0: Scott Davis, our columnist from Gamecock Central, joining us as he does each week here on Gamecock Central Radio. And if you haven't already done so, we'd like to invite you to pick up New smartphone apps that are available now. The new iPhone app is out, and we have an app for the Android as well. And we're also on iTunes. You can listen to Gamecock Central Radio on your phone. Simply search Gamecock Central Radio. Scott, Farrell Cooper Game Balls, and it's a weekly part of your column on Gamecock Central Radio, and a lot of them to go around this week, uh, even though the Gamecocks lost to Clemson. Everybody, I think, uh, somewhat relieved that this very difficult year is finally over.
1: Yeah, last year I started naming the game balls after Farrow Cooper because he was my favorite Gamecock player, and so obviously we will bid farewell to him uh, after this season. It looks as though he's heading to the NFL, and I think that's a wise decision on his part. I appreciate everything he's done as a player for this team and also as a leader. He's just a guy who's led by example, and I've always admired that about him. Um, So I guess we'll rename the game balls for next season, but – Uh, As for now, yeah, my wife probably coming up with the best analysis of the day uh, in comparing our search for a Christmas tree to the search for a head coach. She said... We need one that's strong enough to bear the weight of all the ornaments, just like the Gamecocks need a coach that can bear the weight of all the pressure and misery of the last 125 years of Gamecock football. And Oh, by the way, you don't want to get a tree that's too old and starting to uh, show signs of decay, and Gamecocks don't want to get a coach that's too old either. I couldn't argue with any of that. So certainly a game ball to her for that uh, analysis, which is better than anything I've read by any of the major national sports writers this week.
0: Clemson was about a 17-point favorite coming into the game with South Carolina on Saturday, Scott. And uh, if there's any consolation at all for Gamecock fans, it may be the fact that Clemson did not get the blowout of South Carolina that a lot of people thought was coming on Saturday, and you touched on that in the column this week also.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I just did not sense a lot of glee or excitement from Clemson fans about this win. I think, obviously, they were relieved that it was over, that they finished their season undefeated and defeated their arch-rival for the second straight year, first time Dabo Sweeney's ever won a football game as head coach in Williams-Price Stadium. But there wasn't that kind of... A sense of uh, condescending, you know, just ex- exultation that you typically feel from Clemson fans when they defeat South Carolina. It was more like, well, we just, you know, got the job done, but it wasn't what we were expecting or hoping for. I think after that five game winning streak, South Carolina had a, uh, a couple of seasons back now against them. They, they really want to see a beat down, Something along the lines of, as I mentioned in the column, the 63-17 win from 2003, it just wasn't in the cards. Uh, South Carolina hung around all day. I, even when it was 28-25, to 25, I never really felt like South Carolina was a threat to actually win the football game, but it was not the mauling or the route that Clemson fans hoped for, so I think they walked out of the stadium more relieved than anything else.
0: Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis here on Gamecock Central Radio. You can get breaking Gamecock news alerts delivered to your email inbox. Just text USC to 42828. All you got to do is text USC to 42828 or go to the Gamecock Central homepage for more information. Scott, as we look ahead to the future now, uh, there is another Farrell Cooper game ball that goes to Debo Samuel, uh, an often-injured this year uh, redshirt freshman who did have a breakout game, a 100-yard game in the loss to Clemson. Yeah, five
1: catches. I think he had 104 yards total with a touchdown. He's a guy that the coaches have been high on. Uh, since he got here he redshirted last year just hasn't been able to see the field this year at all much because of a hamstring injury that has simply lingered for months at this point Uh, similar to what uh, Brandon Wilds had a few years ago and uh, there have been a few players who've had hamstrings that just kind of hung around for weeks at a time but um, I did think it was kind of funny that that with one good game, Samuel ended up being South Carolina's second most productive wide receiver on the roster after Farrow Cooper. That kind of tells you where this uh, offense and this passing attack has been in 2015. But there's no doubt he showed glimmers of, of somebody that might be able to replace a Farrow Cooper and become a leader on that wide receiver roster next year. And hopefully he can do that. If he can stay healthy, I still think he's a guy that can help South Carolina.
0: Scott, your father sent you a text after the game Saturday, and uh, it seems like hope springs eternal among the Gamecock Nation, and the text that your father sent you after the game sort of summed that up.
1: Yeah, you know, my dad, uh, after the Texas A&M game, I wrote up what I thought was a fairly, a fairly impassioned a uh, plea not to buy into moral victories. I think, as a Gamecock fan for decades, I've seen more moral victories than I can stomach in, in this or any other lifetime combined. So I was hoping that Gamecock fans wouldn't get too excited by only losing by a touchdown on the road in College Station. And as it turned out, the Gamecocks didn't win another game the rest of the year, including to the Citadel. So I was probably right that moral victories didn't make a ton of sense there. But since then, just about every week, other than, of course, last week, my dad (laughs) has sent me a text saying, you got to give it to them. Those guys are playing with heart and passion. And uh, that text came in just exactly when I thought it would uh, on Saturday evening after South Carolina gave it a run on, in Williams-Brice Stadium against Clemson. So, y- as always, you got to admire the hope and the passion of Gamecock fans, and that's what I said towards the end of the column. Right now, the only thing we can do as a fan base is look forward. I think this coaching search has gotten extremely uncertain now that Mark Richt is unexpectedly gone. At Georgia I think Gamecock fans had locked in on Tom Herman or Kirby Smart as one of the two guys who was going to be the next head coach at South Carolina and right now it looks like there's a possibility neither of the two will be there and Justin Fuente's is already locked up at Virginia Tech so now you're starting to think hey are we scrambling to find you know a wide receiver coach at Colorado State or something we just got to let the process play out ray tanner is a guy who has won championships before he knows what it takes to do that and so i think he's the right guy for this process it's going to be tough but we just need to let it play out over the next couple of days and see where things end up and one thing i know for sure is that whoever is standing behind a podium in the next few days being introduced as a south carolina head coach is going to be welcomed and uh highly regarded and probably by many people believed to be somebody who's getting ready to lead this beleaguered fan base to a national championship because that's just what South Carolina fans do and that's what makes them great.
0: Should certainly be an eventful and interesting off season here, Scott. Are you one of these that needs to put Gamecock football down for a little while once the season is over? How closely will you be following the coaching search and how important is it for Gamecock football as we look ahead to next year?
1: I'm definitely interested in the coaching search. There's no doubt about it. I'm not necessarily uh, refreshing my computer every five minutes to see if there's (laughs) a new update. But that's something I'll check on multiple times a day, I'm sure, until we name a head coach. If if we weren't looking for a new coach and we were just talking about recruiting or something like that until February – then there's no doubt I would step away for a few weeks and not get wrapped up in that. I, as I said, I'm ready to kind of take a knee on this season and <laughs> and uh, take a, a breather. I, I've even watched fewer NFL games the last few weeks. I'm just a little burned out with football right now, which is something I don't think I've ever said in my lifetime. Hmm. But with with regards to the coaching search, I'm extremely interested in that because – If Steve Spurrier still does have a legacy at South Carolina, if there's still a pulse left on that, then whoever is hired here as his replacement is, as I've said, I think to you a couple of times in earlier talks, um, this is the most important college football hire in South Carolina's history, in my opinion, because. Steve Spurrier showed it could be done here. He won 33 games in three years in an SEC East championship. And no, that doesn't sound like what Mark Rick did at Georgia or Les Miles did at LSU. But for South Carolina, it was a huge accomplishment. So if he still has a legacy at South Carolina, this job's incredibly important. If we're going to build on what he started to lay a foundation for, then we got to get this right. And so, I'll be paying attention to that for sure because it's hugely important to the future of this program.
0: No doubt you can follow the coaching search right here on Gamecocks Central. Scott, if there is a silver lining uh, now that the football season is over, it's got to be that the basketball teams are undefeated for the Gamecocks, both of them, men's and women.
1: No doubt about it. I, I knew that South Carolina's women's program had a really arrived as a prominent program nationally when they began the season 7-0, and oh, and I noticed Gamecock fans complaining that they weren't blowing teams out or didn't look as good as or as crisp as they thought they should. So it is still November as of the taping of this podcast. I I would give Dawn Staley and and her women a a chance to maybe enter the SEC schedule and see where things go. And uh, until they lose five games in a row in the SEC, I'm not too concerned with anything that Dawn Staley is doing. Um, So I would urge patience for the number two South Carolina women's basketball team who is currently undefeated. And Frank Martin's team has has played very well so far. They had, I know names like Tulsa and Hofstra don't strike fear in the average fan's hearts, but there have been several mid-major basketball teams in the last few years that have really been solid, and and those two teams have been two of them. And uh, they took care of business down in the Virgin Islands at the Paradise Jam, won that tournament, came home and beat Lipscomb, which was a hot shooting three-point team. So I, I like what I've seen from them. I I think they really have an opportunity to to maybe finally make a den in the SEC this year, and and who knows, maybe uh, make a bid to to re-enter the NCAA tournament, which I believe would be the first time in twelve or thirteen years that South Carolina has been there. So they're they're post-play by their bigs has been strong. I I just have been impressed with what I've seen. It looks like things are coming together there. So as you say, we, we do still have some things to look forward to. Let's enjoy this basketball season and see what happens. And see who the next coach is and just try to put this uh, football debacle behind us
0: yeah the rest of the college football world will soon turn its attention to bowl season and the college football playoff gamecock fans will concentrate on basketball and baseball season not too far down the road as well scott we appreciate the work you do here on gamecock central always a pleasure talking with you
1: i enjoyed emerson uh, have a good couple of weeks and we'll reconvene at some point in the future, I'm sure.
0: Looking forward to that. Scott Davis, my partner here on Gamecock Central Radio, he's a columnist and he gives us a fan's perspective each week here on Gamecock Central Radio. And for Scott, my name is Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us on Gamecock Central Radio.